Bonnie Jill Laughlin here on the Weekly Pass, joined by my co-host Adam Copeland. And we're now going to be joined by my buddy E.D. Eric Dickerson, 11th season in the NFL, named to six Pro Bowls, led the league in rushing three times with the Rams and the Colts, class of 1998-9, Hall of Fame. E.D., thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Four times. Don't cut me out. Four times leading the league in Russia. Oh, yeah. Th- well, I said three times with the Rams and one with the Colts. <laughs> you got it. Four times. You got it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I was looking at, you know, your stats and stuff, and the game has changed, but it's been over 25 years, E.D., and you're still amongst the top in career rushing categories still to this day. Uh, you know, Bonnie, you know, the league has changed a lot. Uh, you know, back in our era, we ran the football a lot. You know, I was on the special Rams, we were running football team. That's what we did, and we did it very well. A lot of teams mimicked us, you know, back in you know from those days. But you know, it's not the same league anymore. Yeah, the Fortnite's and the Rams, you know, they were big robberies. We're here in the Bay Area. And I remember when you and Ronnie Law, I mean, you guys had some ferocious games. You guys really used to crack wood. And the game has changed so much now respect to the rule changes and for players' safety. But what do you think about that? I mean, it's almost like a flag football game out there now. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, they have some good things that they've done for the league, especially the chop blocks uh, where guys could be engaged and they would chop them. You know, I, I didn't like that. I think that that's a good rule change. I do believe they take the, the quarterbacks too much. I think they almost treat them like, you know, no offense, like girls playing football. Like quarterbacks. <laughs> powder puff. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, powder puff football is a good analogy. It's, it's like, you know, a guy, they'd rather the defensive player hurt himself than, than hurt a quarterback, uh, you know, trying to stop. And I just feel like that that's not, it's, it's, it's not going to work. I mean, people are going to kind of get fed up with it. And, you know, football is a, a physical sport. I mean, it's all about hitting. That's, that's what it's about. You know, we hear from uh, from quarterbacks, I feel like, more. And we heard from Troy Aikman this week after the statement was made about Pat Mahomes has already thrown 30% of the touchdowns that Troy Aikman threw in his career. But you're right, it was a different game. It was a different time. Do you feel like your style of running, and I feel like maybe this is true based on the type of running back you were, would be conducive to today's game and, and you could put up maybe even more impressive numbers than you did in your day? Uh, you give me the offensive line, yeah, I could do it. I could do the same thing. It would be no different. I mean... I've always said this, and it's not being boastful or bragging. You know, God gave me a talent second to none. You know, I was six foot three. I was extremely fast. You know, uh, I could cut. Uh, I could catch the ball. They threw it to me. We didn't do much of that, but you know, it, it doesn't change. It's whatever your athletic ability is, that's what it is. And if you use it to the max, and, and I, I tried to use mine to the max, it was. I was not afraid of anyone. I was not afraid of a defense. Um, I won't forget we played the Saints in my, my rookie season, and my friend Ricky Jackson, he told me, he said, when, when he met me at the Pro Bowl, he said, Eric, he said, you know, you were a big, pretty runner. He said, our, our motto, we're going to break him because he runs pretty. <laughs> he said, we could, never, we, we, could ne- we could never break you. I said, no, you ain't going to break me. And that was, that was, you know, that was the thing. So, yeah, I, I, could play, I could play in a day's game if I was, if, if I was in my 20s. If I was in my 20s. <laughs> well, well, what, what style of offense, though? Like, what, who do you think as far as a play caller? Because I feel like because the game now is, is so conducive to protecting the quarterback, obviously running backs always have that shorter shelf life. It seems like we have fewer and fewer three-down running backs. You know, Zeke is one and Saquon Barkley another one when he's mm-hmm. healthy. But as far as, like, the split backs go, we see a lot of the two-back backfields. What type of offense do you think you would benefit the most in? Uh, the Cowboys offense, to be honest with you. Uh, that, that, that's an offense that kind of – the Cowboys are always in that running football team. You know, when they won those Super Bowls in the 90s, uh, they ran our offense. They ran against the Rams because that was uh, Ernie Zampezi, which I was our coach, and uh, North Turner. And I, I, cause I saw the offense, I'm like, 
man, those plays are the same old Ram plays. It was 47 gap. It was ISO. It was toss left, toss right. Uh, and, you know, if you can run the football, you can do a lot of things. You really can. If you got a, if you got a good quarterback, you even have to have a great quarterback. If you got a good quarterback and a, and a, a really great offensive line and some receivers, you can go a long way and a, and a, and a defense because if you can run the football and keep your back healthy, and, and the quarterback can keep them by those those uh, you know eight man fronts. You're gonna be successful. Now you mentioned the uh, the Cowboys. Now Ezekiel Elliott he held out, and you actually did that in 1985. You held out two games with the Rams. How do you compare Edie that to him, how today's game is when guys are holding out? How public it is compared to when you did that? Well, one good thing is, is that the guys have a voice. You know, the, the players have a voice. They can kind of. You know, express their own feelings. You know, if it's done right. Uh, in our day, you know, it, we were we were vilified for holding out. I mean, and they, people always looked at you got a contract, and see, they didn't understand it, it wasn't a contract. It was a one year agreement. That's how mm-hmm. that's how it worked back in the day, and it's still pretty much like that. It was no no guarantees. Uh, you know, when I left the Rams, I was making one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it was a joke. But that's how they treated us. They treated us. You know, I'm just going to say, you might not like the word, but it's like slaves. And and, it, and not slaves, a chain. It's all kind of different slaveries. It's not just a chain that whipping you on the back. It was just, it was it was unfair. And they could do it. They could make it. They could do it unfair. It's like when Barry Sanders left the, the Detroit Lions. You know, he wanted to go someplace where they really want to win. And they just want to feature him. You know, we don't, the, the people going to come watch Barry Sanders just because he's Barry Sanders, not because the team is winning. And that's unfair to him. And so, uh, you know, it was it was a, it was a way different league back in, in those days. And you know, the players now, uh, you know, they have more more of a voice. They're making a lot more money. I'm happy for them. I'm glad they're making people ask, "Are you envious or jealous?" No, I'm not. I'm glad to see those guys get paid because I know how hard it is. I know the, the I know the life after football. When you leave football, like right now, I'm heading to a doctor's appointment. <laughs> you know, so you know, it's 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 a it's a grueling life after you retire from football. It's not all that people think it is. And especially with the running back position, there is a short shelf life, so you can understand where these backs want to have, you know, something more of a commitment from these teams, right? Yeah, you you want to have a commitment from your team. Look, it's very few owners, it's very few good owners in the NFL, and I mean when I say very few, it's thirty-two teams. It's probably three to four good owners, and I mean that. And, and guys know it too. Jerry Jones is a really good owner. Guy known for taking care of his player. Mm-hmm. Eddie Bartola was one of those guys when I played. He was the guy that everybody wanted to play for. Uh, the guy. Um, in, in Atlanta, uh, what's his name? Um, Arthur, Arthur, um, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Blank, Arthur Blank, Blank. Yes. Arthur Blank, Arthur Blank. You know, it's 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 very few owners like that. The owner in Jacksonville, I think, is a pretty good owner, but it's, it's very few owners that that really care about their players. I mean, most of them look like just like I said. You know, these guys work for me, and that's it, and and, and keep it moving. They're like our high-priced slaves, basically. <laughs> but. Um, you know, and the people may they, they may laugh at that, but it's true. And you gotta understand yeah. that it's only a very few players that make real money, life changing money you know, on the team. It's only four or five guys making real, real money because your, your shelf life of any player is going to be four to five, maybe, maybe six years, and that's it. I mean, a guy who has a twelve, thirteen year career that's, that's that's a long time. I mean, the great players like you know, like I think like like I look at Julio Jones who got that great deal in Atlanta. I'm happy for him. He got sixty million dollars guaranteed. That's life changing. I mean, it really is. So, um, you know, you, you like to say that the players have to take care of themselves, just like the owners are, are, are taking care of themselves. You're right because it sometimes feels like, and, and because these owners, we don't see all of them, we don't know what all of them look like. They're not the guys standing up to do the press conferences. It makes a lot of times the players look bad. Like Melvin Gordon, 
uh, is ending his holdout, it sounds like. He's going to come back to the uh, to the L.A. Chargers. Austin Eckler's done a great job over the first three weeks of the season. But I wonder, like, when he's walking in, what is he dealing with with a head coach, with an offensive room uh, uh, full of teammates? Are they upset with him? Do they say, we understand it? I imagine for the coach it's a little bit different because he's got his job on the line, plus he's dealing with ownership as well. How, what are they looking at when they come back from a holdout? You know, a coach like Anthony Lynn, he understands. He's a former player. He gets it. But he has a, he has a job to do. He has a team to run. So he knows he knows what a player's going through. Um, you know, when you come back from a holdout, you know, you miss playing football because you only have a, a short amount of time to do it. But you have to do what's best for you. I mean, and right, the, the, the media and, and the, you know, sometimes the, even the team tries to make the player look as bad as they possibly can. Especially, I'm thinking about my era, as bad as they possibly can. And it's so unfair because – Here's a guy that is, you know, when you play for a team, you're loyal. You know, one thing about most NFL players, in, in their heart, they're loyal. If you draft them, I don't care how bad you you drafted by the Bengals, the Browns, or the Rams, and they were bad. If you draft you, if the guy, the team drafts you, you really have a loyalty to that team. It's like your college. You love the college you played for forever. It was like when I played for the Rams. Man, I love playing for the Rams. But when I got traded, I mean, I was hurt. I was pissed because I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong. But – you know, and the, the the media can portray you as this. They always call us the greedy football player, the greedy athlete. I understand one thing: most of us come from uh, humble, uh, poor background. Mm-hmm. We we do. I mean, and we're trying to get the most we can while we can. You can't play. You can be a doctor for thirty years. You're not gonna play football for thirty years. You're gonna play football for um, double double numbers: ten years, eleven years. You know, maybe 15. If you're lucky, some of the guys, you know, they play 20. And they're playing quarterbacks, some guys have played 20 years. But that's rare right now in this league. I mean, you know, Tom Brady is, is a rarity. I mean, because, you know, he's a guy that plays for an organization that is that kind of organization. He's Robert Kraft loves Tom Brady, and he should because Tom Brady has given him six Super Bowls. So it's, 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 that's a rarity for a player to have an organization or an owner, and I say that an owner that really stands by his players. And you mentioned a handful of owners we talked about. I mean, Jerry Jones clearly been doing it for for a number of years. Uh, uh, Eddie DeBartolo not even involved in the game anymore, really. Uh, so, so the question I've got is: is who's that next wave as far as a team or an owner that can take a group of guys? Is it still the Dallas Cowboys? Is it Dak and Zeke? Is it the L.A. Rams right now with a young coach and Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff? Who's able to take that next jump to be? And I don't know that anybody can ever be Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. That's it's gone on for two decades. But who's got the ability to make that jump? Man, that's hard. That's, that's a hard question. It really is. I mean, uh, you know, Jerry Jones is trying to get him a Super Bowl, you know, before he gets out of here. Yeah. <laughs> He's like 70 years old. Uh, and he might live to be 90. Who knows? Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, Jerry, Jerry, you know, Jerry's a guy that, you know, he, he, he wants to win. You know, and, and you got to understand, because you have a football team doesn't mean you want to win because most of them, they're, they're, they're profit sharing. They're, just getting them, they're getting the money anyway. They don't get the they don't get the, If they win, lose, or whatever, some, some owners don't care, like, Look at Miami. Miami, to me, they tank their season. I mean, it's over, and they, and they don't. But they don't care. They don't, they don't, they're still going to make money. Um, it comes down to who you hire, the coaches you have, the staff around you, the organization that starts at the top. For us with the Rams, uh, Sean McVay is the perfect coach for the Rams. I mean, I hope this lasts as long as Belichick has stayed in in New England because I think it could be a, a great situation. He's a coach that that has a vision, that has you know he knows his players, the players, the players really care for him a lot and they respect him and you know you don't hear anything come out of the Rams camp you don't hear the negative uh chatter like you hear on some teams um it's not like I'm not saying it's like 
like like uh, New England. Like you know, I was like you know, you hear nothing, but you know, it, it just depends on who you have at the helm, and that's what it comes down to, and how committed. And I'll say the word again: committed. The owner is to to making his team great. Now, Ed, in 1987, I think that was actually the strike year. You were traded to the Colts, and I know how much you know you love being with the Rams. Now, was that something that you demanded a trade? Had something to do with the holdout, and um, would you have wanted to you know play your entire career in LA? Well, I want to play my entire career in LA. I mean, did I want to get traded? No, I didn't. But you know, they they they, tra- they I didn't know they were traded. They traded me. I was I was good getting ready to go to a party when I got the call that I got traded. Oh, <laughs> going oh wow! To a, 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 a Halloween party. Uh, I didn't want to go to Indianapolis. Where I really wanted to go was the Redskins, where my cousin Dexter Manley played. And I talked to him a couple of weeks prior before. And he said, Eric, man, I heard they talking about trying to get you here in Washington. I said, man, I know. And I will never get his reply. He said, man, they ain't going to let that happen. That's too much like right. He said, he'd run for 10,000 yards over here. <laughs> <laughs> so and he, he was right about that. You know, teams, they, they try to send you to hell. And, and John Shaw admitted it. He wanted to send me to Siberia, you know, to Indianapolis, to really a, a bad owner, you know, a bad organization, uh, and you know, and, and and that's what they that's what they try to do. They they try to wreck your career because, in a sense, you don't want to fall in line with them, and 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 that and that's and that's what they that's what they that's what they do. You know, I give I give Bill Belichick credit for one thing. He sent Garoppolo, the quarterback, to San Francisco. He could have sent him somewhere awful, but. You know, why do that to a player? Why, why, why yeah. treat a player like that? If you don't want me, don't try to destroy my career. You know, that, that's how I feel. Did I want to leave the Rams? No, I did not want to leave the Rams. Did I want to play with them? Yes. But I, would, I could not continue to be underpaid like I was. Like I mm-hmm. said, people didn't even know. When, when I got, like, my signing bonus, they gave me a $600,000 signing bonus as an unforgivable loan. That's what it's considered. When I got traded, I had to write them a check. For, I had to get my signing bonus back. Now, have you ever heard of that? Oh, no. my God. I didn't know that. No, wow. No, no, you haven't heard of that, yeah. So that's that's how it was back in those days. Well, Eric, you ended up having a phenomenal year. You ended that season, finished the season with twelve, almost 1,300 uh, yards, and you spearheaded a late-season Colts run that helped the team to their first winning season and I think the first playoff berth. Yeah, first playoff berth, played the Cleveland Browns, yeah, yeah. You know, my old coach did that run, my, so that meant a lot to me. You know, I, I love my coach. I mean, you know, Coach Ramirez passed away in, uh, two years ago, but you know that was one of the reasons I was willing to go there because I know I knew that he would take care of me, and uh, you know, I w- it was a good situation that he was there. Now when he left, it, it really turned upside down over there. Uh, Eric, I gotta ask. I don't mean to make light of the trade. I know that was a, a major part of your career, and uh, and you're talking about how the effect it had on you. But you said something that just sort of made me chuckle to myself. You were on your way to a Halloween party when you found out you were being traded. I, yeah. I, I got to know, were, you, were got, you standing there dressed like Gumby or a cowboy? And you get this funk like, what are you wearing? No, I was dressed, I was dressed as, as an Indian chief. I had, I had, to, I had a, a, the big headdress on, uh, the it. buckskin pants. I, I had the war paint on my face. And Jim, Jim Gray was in the, in the kitchen with me when the phone rang. And uh, I said, man, let's go. Because we, we were heading out, me, Jim, and another guy. He said, let's go. I said, I said well, give me a minute. Let me answer the phone. So I answered the phone, and it was, Coach Meyer, he said, because he always called me Big E. Big E. I'm like, Coach? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I just made a trade for you. I'm like, I, said, I didn't know where he was. I said, where are you? He said, I'm in Indianapolis. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, they just traded you. I'm like, okay. And he, I won't forget his reply. He said, I told you I'd always take care of you. I said, okay, Coach. I said, I'm, I'm coming. So I hung up the phone. He told me a flight. I had to get out. It was a midnight flight. 
So I had to jump out of that, that Indian outfit, pack a bag. You know, Jim, I want to get Jim Gray to take me to, take me to the airport, man. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's how I found that I got trade. Wow, I'm thinking, thinking about you not getting out of the uh, the headdress, walking through security at, at midnight, <laughs> trying to get to Indy. <laughs> No, I wasn't going to be wearing a headdress going to the airport. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, hey, hey, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, as far as, you know, they moved him to a good situation. You're right. Belichick kind of helped him out. I think about when the Giants shipped Odell Beckham Jr. out last year. I think they were thinking, ah, we're banishing him to Cleveland, you know, but uh, ends up in maybe a better situation than he'd hoped. But as far as Jimmy G goes, he comes to a situation now where he's supposed to be the franchise quarterback, then he has a major injury in San Francisco. Now all of a sudden they're 3-0. and what do you see from him, and, and what do you think of the 49ers so far this year? Uh, the 49ers are a good football team. I mean, uh, and Jimmy has played well. I mean, you know, you, you, when you're hurt, you can't play. And they expected him to play well. I think he's he's uh, he's proven that he's played well so far. Um, he still has a long way to go because you understand when, you, when you're a backup quarterback, as long as he was in, in New England, you're the backup. You come in, you play a couple of great games or two or three games or maybe even four. But now he's the guy, and he's the guy that everybody gets ready for every week. You don't get ready for Tom Brady, so uh, he has to deal with that that part of it. So you know, uh, and, and they have a, they have a, they have a really good head coach there. Um, God, what's his name? Shanahan. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shanahan, Shanahan's a very good coach because we. I mean, they, we looked at getting Shanahan uh, at the Rams, but I mean, uh, he's going to give him every opportunity. They have they have some they have a lot of weapons there. Especially on offense, but I feel like that that's not that's our rival. You know, that's still that's still our rival. I still I still don't like San Francisco. I hate, I, I even hate to say anything good about them. <laughs> yeah. That was but, my next question, Eric, because they were big rivals. I mean, that started back almost in the fifties, yeah. and then the Rams went to St. Louis. Yeah. The Niners struggled, but both teams now three and zero. The Rams back in L.A. and in the Coliseum, and the Niners take them on in a couple weeks. So this is going to be a good good ball game, right? Yeah, it'll be it should be a, it should be a very good football game. You know, I think one thing is is that. You know, I look at how they played last week, the 49ers. They, they had four turnovers and still won the football game. That's a rarity. I mean, to win the football game, you have four turnovers. Your defense really holds um, the Pittsburgh Steelers to, to really field goals with those, with those turnovers. And I know they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger, but that's, that's, that's football. You know, our team, I look at the Rams. We're playing, we're playing really good defense right now, really good defense. Um, our linebackers are playing well. I think a lot of it is due to Aaron Donald. You know, I think people look at the sacks and how important that is. But when you break the plays down, I just we just broke it down that 64% of the time he's getting doubled. He's getting doubled. Uh, and that gives uh, our linebackers, Clay Matthews, uh, Clay Little, I mean, Corey Littleton, that gives them, that gives Brockers, that, that gives them a, a kind of a free run at the quarterback. So, you know, our team is playing well. Offensively, we struggled. I mean, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big component of not playing. The guys in the preseason, I think that Jared Goff should have played in the preseason. I'm not the head coach, but that's my thoughts. I think that Todd should have played in the preseason and the receivers because now I think you've seen they're not in rhythm. I think I think they're getting in rhythm, but when the seat, they're, they're just not. You, you cannot get in rhythm in, in, in training camp. I mean, training camp, you got to play football games. You have to get hits. you got to get tackles. And I think that hopefully this week playing Tampa, we can get get a, get a real rhythm, rhythm on our offense. What, what can you tell us about Todd Gurley, just real quickly? Yeah. Just, I mean, I think a lot of people think that uh, had he run better or, or played more in the Super Bowl, they might have had a better shot. And then this year, thinking maybe there was injuries, he looked okay the first few weeks. I'm just, what can you tell us about him? I always feel like I talked to Todd before the Super Bowl game, and 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 he said, "I said, how you feeling?" He said, "I'm fine." I said, "You, I'm good." He said, "You're supposed to run the football," and they didn't. I mean, I mean, to me, 
we got our coach, and that's just the facts. I mean, I, I mean, I would say to Sean McVay, and I, I like Sean. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's going to be a, a great coach for for the Rams. He's done a great job winning two divisional championships, but I think he got our coach, and I think they did what we should have done. We had the better back. Uh, we didn't run the football. Both defenses mm-hmm. were playing great. You know, you're trying to beat one of the, the smartest and best coaches that ever coached this game by throwing the football. That ain't gonna, that's not going to work. I know running the football is not fancy. It's not fancy at times. Sometimes you have to take your licks to three and outs, but late in the game, it pays off. It really does. And I think that they did to us what we should have done to them. Mm-hmm. They kept running the football with Sonny Michelle, and finally our defense started getting wore out. And, um, you know, we just got beat. But it is what it is. But I just feel like uh, Todd is fine. I mean, Todd looks good. I mean, people are always, well, he don't look right. He ain't that man. Todd is good. The thing about football is if you're, if you're 80% healthy, you're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. football. Now, Edie, last question before we let you go. If you were a GM right now and you're building a team, what running back would you take first? Whew. Right now? Yeah. Right now, it's running back. Well, let's yeah. say it's a Quan's oh. healthy too. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, you know it's hard not to take my guy Todd Gurley. I mean, you know, I I'll say this much here: you couldn't go wrong if you took Todd. You couldn't go wrong if you took Zeke. You couldn't go wrong if you took uh, Saquon Barkley. I mean, if I had either one of those guys, either one of them, I take either one. And I'm just being honest. I mean, uh, you know, because on any given Sunday, a guy can look great, and on any given Sunday, he can have a bad game. That's just how football goes. You know, and I think fantasy football really proves that. And people are like, oh, he had three touchdowns week before he didn't do nothing. Or you think, oh, he didn't, he's not, he not, he's not playing well. Then all of a sudden, when he has a great, day, great game and have a bunch of touchdowns, you're happy again. So, <laughs> I would just say, I can't say which one. I, I would take either one of them and be happy. Perfect. Well, thanks, Edie, so much for your time, and good luck at your doctor appointment. We'll look forward to seeing you. I know you're on Fox a lot too, so we'll look forward to seeing you there. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks, Edie. Thanks, Eric. Later, man. Well, that's pretty funny about the Halloween. Because I was thinking to myself, too, what is he wearing? You know what I mean? Like, how is he dressed? And then you had to ask him Gumby, which well, I thought was hilarious. Why Gumby, I don't know. I, just, I, I was trying to think of, like, what would be a funny costume? And I was like, what year was that that he got traded? It was, like, mid-80s? Yeah, 87. 87, late 80s. So I'm like, I wasn't even born yet. I'm trying to think about, like, what would have been popular. I was like, I almost went Saturday Night Fever. I was like, what? Village people. But he was. But he, he was kind like, of village person. He, was, he said <laughs> that he was, a, he was an Indian chief, which is funny. Because didn't he allude to that? Not a chief, but he said he wanted to go to the Redskins? Play in Washington. Yeah, that was, I cried I was just thinking about like he's talking about how it's his heavy moment in his life, you know, where he gets uh, he gets traded from a team he didn't want to get traded from. As if that weren't bad enough, he's standing there with Jim Gray, who, by the way, is doing like uh, what kind of party was? It sounds like it was a good party. It was like, right? it was, he wasn't even there yet. He was on his way. But uh, you asked him a good question at the end about uh, about the the running back he would take. It probably all depends on your offense. Like he had to go Gurley, of course. But you wonder though, right? Who you would pick? You Personally, know? I wouldn't go Gurley. I'd probably go Saquon. Either would I. I would go Saquon or Zeke. I'd, I'd probably go Saquon, Zeke, and then I'd probably go Alvin Kamara. Would be my third. Kamara's back. actually he's in a good one because he can catch yeah. the ball. They yeah, line him up at receiver yeah. too. You're right. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. He's Guys, a back that can catch, so yeah, he'll get you some yards. Yeah, and guys who have like the home run ability, you can just dump it to him and he might go for 50 right. yards. The Gurley thing's always been weird to me because this thing about him not being injured, there's something there, Coach, because the way he was in the NFC Championship game, at the Super Bowl, even the divisional well, against, the, against the Cowboys even. Do you remember that game? He barely had any touches. Well, well, so there's need, something there. You don't need to give him touches when, when big C.J. Anderson yeah, and then with that the guy's gut, on the, Is he even on a team right now? I think now? he's on the Detroit Lions now. That was weird too, the whole well,
remember thing. he sat out all year basically yeah. after he got cut by I forget maybe Miami maybe it was the Dolph the, uh, the the Lions last year I can't even remember anyway yeah uh, you sit out for like ten weeks and then you're fresh when the playoffs come around but you're right I was I was iffy about there's Tom still Gurley. something there but no one's saying alluding to I don't know why you can just say he's injured but I, and I'm thinking I'm sorry I have to go back I'm thinking of him on the phone with his <laughs> arms crossed in his like you know little uh, Halloween Indian chief outfit going oh man oh, man I'm going to <laughs> Indy right I mean and that's pre Peyton Manning this is when you know the Colts weren't some the, you know, going back to, to United, sure, in Baltimore, but they weren't like some huge storied franchise no. uh, in this era prior to uh, to Peyton Manning. But it's just funny thinking, and then he has to take off his outfit and go, because he said he had a midnight flight, right? Right, right. That's, I mean, that's hysterical. It, it, you know, situations, if you hadn't answered the phone, he ends up at the party. Yeah. The other thing I thought was crazy, and I've never heard this, he had to give his right a check back to the Rams for his signing bonus? Yeah, is, is that what he loan? said? Yeah, it's just a bonus loan, basically. Like a, 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 that's crazy I, how, I, how much it's changed for now with you know with the players' union and everything. Well, the bonus is like, don't call it a bonus if I have to give it back. Just call it a loan. And then like, he said he made 150000 150000 I mean, this is this is what NFL players and what, you know, so, so much of the CTE and the, the, uh, the clap back at the NFL for player rights after mm-hmm. they've been out of the league, this is what it's about. And it's almost like... I don't want to compare it to this exactly, but he's talking about how very few of the players are making big money, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the offensive line, is, which is a, a thankless job, you're out there just grinding for four hours a day or whatever it is uh, during a football game. Those guys are not making nearly as much Nothing. money as the— And quarterbacks are only as good as their own line. As the skill position players, right, of course. So I think about that, and I think about, like, the people who don't want college athletes to get paid, uh, who say, "Well, they're getting they're getting their their uh, education for free." Very small percentage of them are, and many of them, most of them, don't end up going professional. And how much is the NCAA is making well, off of them? About. Come he, on! He made a great point about Barry Sanders is that people are going to come see Barry Sanders no matter what. Mm-hmm. So the team didn't have to be good because you knew you were going to see Barry Sanders. Think about that with Barry Bonds here in San Francisco. Yeah. I think about that. Just about any superstar athlete. If, if the Warriors weren't any good, I'd still go watch Steph Curry bomb threes from half court. Of you know what I mean? It's just crazy when you hear about these salaries and then what they dealt with post-career, right? And what they're still dealing with. And he's actually, we kind of forgot to ask him, but Edie's been one of those guys who's really kind of led the way along with Mike Ditka right. as making sure these players are taken care of You know, now. You know, well, The injuries that they've dealt with. And yeah. He said he's going to the hospital, didn't he? It's important. He's, he's going, going to, to a doctor's appointment. Yeah, yeah it's, so. it's important. I mean, uh, you talk to young guys even who have gotten out of the game recently. And he's right. I can't imagine after 10 years. That's why Frank Gore baffles me. Oh, and he's Frank still going. Gore baffles still going. Me. Yeah, still scoring the touchdowns every Sunday. Yeah. He's been doing it since one I was thing, a little kid. One thing I used to love, I don't know if you ever watched video of Eric Dickerson, the way he used to run, they used to call him like a gazelle. He'd run so beautiful. Well, he's a pretty he, runner. He, he was a pretty he runner. Pretty it was, runners, it was yeah. a really pretty. He has long strides. That's why I felt like he, I felt like he, he, since he wasn't a bulldozer guy, like the bulldozer guys can play, I feel like in any era. Right? Yeah. They got the Mike Allstott oh, who can run over you. Because that's just football. But a guy like that, he was almost. Almost Reggie Bush style before Reggie Bush. But he was right? tall and he big. Tall like I mean, and... think about. I'm trying to think of a running back now that is like Eric Dickerson. And I can't think of Not one. Not the same type of runner. Kamara mm-hmm. does run straight up, sort of that same yeah. way. But you're right. He was six three. Yeah. He was a muscle and he was fast. He was one of them pretty runners. He was a pretty runner. Well, that was good stuff. Eric Dickerson, Hall of Famer. We'll be doing all that and more next week. I'm Bonnie Jo Laughlin. I'm Adam Copeland. Weekly Pass.